Okay, I want to share with you just a few very short ideas on this week's Torah portion and uh, in preparation of the holiday of Tisha B'Av, which is coming on uh, Sunday, which is a day of Jewish mourning and um, tragedy throughout history. So um, we're going to begin by pointing out that this week's Torah portion is called Devarim, and it actually is the first Parsha in the book of Devarim, the fifth of the five books of Moses. In uh, Latin or English, it's called Deuteronomy. In Hebrew, it's called Devarim, which means words. And uh, in this week's Parsha, essentially Moshe, Moses, says goodbye to the Jewish people. And in the last uh, eight verses, he passes away. And uh, he's preparing the Jews to enter into the land of Israel, which will take place after his death. And a question that has always bothered me is that when we're first introduced to Moshe three books ago in the book of Exodus, uh, Moshe, God tells Moshe, appears to Moshe as a, in a burning bush and says, I want you to go and free the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. And Moshe says, who am I? I am not an Ish Devarim. I am not a man of words. I am a person of heavy mouth and sealed lips. And the Talmud explains that Moshe actually had a speech impediment from a very young age. And he wasn't really a good speaker. And God says, don't worry about it. Your brother Aaron, he'll be your mouthpiece. He'll make all your speeches. You just have to show up and be the figurehead. But you don't have to worry about the public speaking. I got that. So suddenly, fast forward 40 years in the desert, and now Moshe says an entire book of the most beautiful poetry and prose ever written, of incredible speeches. And Aaron is no longer living. Aaron passed away. So Moshe suddenly went from being someone with a speech impediment, who is not a good public speaker, to being an incredible, one of the most incredible orators of all time. How does that happen? How does that work? And uh, as we answer this question, I just want to point out one other issue that I would like to resolve. Um, the Talmud explains that Tisha B'Av, which is a day reserved for mourning throughout the ages, is the day that the two temples were destroyed, first by the Babylonians and second by the Romans. Um, and it's a day of incredible suffering throughout the ages, from uh, uh, massacres to uh, um, the beginning of World War One, the day that the final solution was accepted in Germany to wipe out the entire Jewish people. Uh, it's the day that the Warsaw Ghetto was liquidated. It was the day that the Jews were expelled from Spain in 1492. Uh, the day the Jews were expelled from Gush Katif, from Gaza, in 2005, I believe. Tisha B'Av is a day of intense mourning throughout time for the Jewish people. Why? So the Talmud says, because when the, the Jews were about to enter into the land of Israel, the first time, after receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai, they were on their way into the land of Israel, and they decided to send spies to check out the land. And the spies came out and they spoke Lashon Hara. They spoke badly about the land of Israel. And they tried to encourage their brethren not 
to want to go into Israel. And why they did that, there's a lot to talk about. We've talked about it in the past. But the response is very interesting. God says, because you spoke badly about the land of Israel and you cried tears for no reason, you are going to cry on this day forever. And I'll give you something to cry about. Right? That's just uh, quite fascinating. Just uh, as an aside, uh, the, the Talmud says that if a person asks you how your day is going, you should say, thank God, Baruch Hashem, amazing. Why? Because let's say your day is just going so-so. Should you lie? Talmud says, yes, you should lie. You, say, you should say, thank God, my day is going amazing. Why? Because then in heaven they say, wow, he thinks his day is going amazing. Let me show him what amazing really looks like. And then your day is going to get even better. But if your day is going not so great, and someone asks you, how's your day? And you're like, oh, my day stinks. Then they say, in, uh, there's a judgment against us in, in heaven that says, you think that's bad? Let me show you what bad really looks like. But essentially, if you think about it, it's a little bit strange that the Jews cried on Tisha B'av, and therefore God says, I'm going to give you something to cry about forever. That sounds very vindictive. And we know that there's no such thing as a punishment from God. Everything is a lesson, a consequence, out of love, something for our betterment. So what's the message here? Okay, so let's let's go back to the question about Moshe and words. So the Torah explains that how did God create the world? God created the world through speech. And God said, let there be light. Now, it's pretty interesting because God doesn't really, God doesn't have a mouth, right? God, when we say that God spoke, there's not like words going off in heaven, big bang. Well, you know, God said bang, <laughs> and then, you know, what does it mean that that God spoke? So the uh, the Hasidic commentaries explain that speech. What is speech? Speech is the expression of that which is hidden within your mind. In order to connect to each other, we have to be able to express ourselves, and we do that through speech. Speech takes our thoughts and our feelings and brings it out into revelation so that others can connect and understand and relate to us. So when we say that God spoke, what we really mean is he took his hidden essence, which is infinite oneness, which has no form or no, and no ability for us to relate to, and he brings that out into expression in character traits that we can now relate to him. That's what it means that God spoke. He revealed himself through the world. And there's an amazing thing that God created the entire universe with speech, except for one thing, and that's the human being. Because Adam was made from matter, stuff, physicality, and then God blew into him a living soul. And the, uh, the Kabbalists explained that breath, speech is, comes from a surface part of your mouth, but breath comes from the depths of your lungs, from the depths of your being, that God put literally himself into Adam into man, into human beings. But the, uh, there's a very interesting commentary, ancient commentary in the Torah, translation of the Torah into Aramaic. And uh, it's one of the most authoritative texts to understand the true meaning of the Hebrew words. And the translation of the word nishmas chaim, which means a living soul or a breath of life that God blew into Adam, the Aramaic translation is a ruach memalala, which means a speaking spirit. And what the 
commentary is explaining to us is that that soul that we possess, what's so unique about the human soul is that we have the ability to express abstract ideas and therefore connect to each other. To take the soul, which is abstract and, and infinite and incredibly lofty and bring it down and actually put it into words. To put the passions and the values and the thoughts and the ideas, and the sensitivities of the soul into words so that we can actually connect to each other. So speech is the process of bringing down the incredible depth of our soul into actuality so that we can have relationships. So Moshe, the Maharal of Prague, great Kabbalist from hundreds of years ago, says that Moshe was on such a high spiritual level. At the beginning of his life, he wasn't even able to bring down his spirituality into into this world and he wasn't able to communicate because it was too intangible he was on too much of a sublime and elevated level but by the end of his life he had brought down his spirituality into his body that now he was finally able to speak because the goal of spirituality is not to be elevated and lofty and up on a mountain it's to bring the spiritual into the physical and Judaism teaches that your spirituality is all about bringing soul into the way you talk into the way you conduct business, into the way we live our life. But it's an amazing thing that what God gave us in our soul is He blew Himself into us, into Adam. He gave us the power that He used to create the world. Just like God created the world with speech, so too we have the ability to utilize speech, which is one of the most sublime and lofty powers that we have, the mo one of the most godlike powers to create worlds with our speech. Through the powers of speech, we have the ability to build each other up. Through, the, through our speech, we can change people's days. Just like if you're having a not so great day and you say, thank God I'm having a great day, it's gonna pick you up, so too with others. If you give someone a kind word, you can literally change worlds and build people up instead of destroying. But the speech is such a powerful thing with great power comes great responsibility because we can also create incredible destruction with our speech. So the what the what the Talmud is teaching us is that when the Jewish people spoke badly about it, the land of Israel, they were utilizing their speech for the wrong reason. And they were taking an opportunity to go into the land of Israel, which is the ultimate purpose of life to bring spirituality into physicality and that takes place in the most revealed way in Israel and they utilized it to bring destruction and so too the Talmud explains the temple was destroyed because people spoke lush and hara about each other they had baseless hatred for each other they had negative feelings for each other and they expressed those feelings in talking badly and in gossiping it's such a dangerous thing I've seen it in my own life just this week how harmful it can be when people are not careful and I'm speaking about myself and others when we're not careful with our words we can cause tremendous damage to each other we have to really 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 be careful about that and every Jewish source says that when we learn to love each other and speak kindly about each other then the temple will be rebuilt and the Jewish people will return to the land of Israel together as one family so we have to learn to utilize the faculty of speech for the right reasons. And I think that that's the message of Tishabav is that God is saying you can cry for the wrong reason, 
means crying over nothing, complaining, looking at the negative. Or you can use your eyes. It's interesting that tears come out of our eyes. You can use your eyes to see the positive, to see the good. And tears can also be a form of incredible connection. Because just like speech is for our thoughts, gives us an ability to bring expression to our thoughts, well, there are some experiences that are beyond words. There are some experiences that are so deep and so profound, so beautiful, or so painful, on the other hand, that we can't put that into words. But tears are an expression for the deepest part of the soul. So what speech is for thought, tears are for the soul. And uh, what God is telling us is that we have to utilize our speech and our tears for what they're really meant for, which is to connect to each other and to reveal ourselves and reveal the deepest parts of ourselves with each other. So I want to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos and a meaningful Tisha B'Av. And hopefully this Tisha B'Av, the tears will be replaced with joy, the disconnection, and the mourning will be replaced with togetherness and unity. And it may it be the last Tisha B'Av. May it never come. May this Tisha B'Av be an incredible celebration together with each, o- each other in the land of Israel. Wishing you all an amazing, uplifting Shabbos. Thank you for listening.